Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mavs Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm unfortunately not joined by Jaren today. He's having a little situation with his Wi-Fi as he's moving houses and some other things like that. So, unfortunately, he will not be here, but without further ado, let's get into it. So, today, we will be talking about potential wings the Mavericks to get on the veteran min- on, on a veteran minimum or with a two-way contract spot. So we'll be getting to that. And the Mavs officially signed Tyler Dorsey per Sham Sharania, Sharania of The Athletic. Um, in terms of other general NBA rumblings, like it's been really dead as of recently. Um, I'm recording this at 2 a.m. on Monday, July 25th. And about an hour or two ago, there was a rumor about the Celtics potentially um, courting Kevin Durant, and there's obviously been a lot of rumblings about Donovan Mitchell being traded, but nothing's really came into fruition as of yet. So things are kind of dry right now. So we're just gonna, you know, plug out what we can and um, give you guys our thoughts on what the Mavericks could do with this 15th roster spot. Because you know, while I do still have reason to believe that the Mavericks could make a trade and this whole conversation could be redundant. I mean, you know, as in the current construct of the roster, they still have an open roster spot. So might as well get into it. But before we do that, um, if you guys wouldn't mind, we have a quick ad from our sponsor anchor here. All right. So guys, before we go ahead and get into the potential free agent wings the Mavericks could get on a veteran minimum or a two-way contract with that last roster spot. Obviously, the two-way contract um, would not even take up a technical 15-man um, roster spot, but you know there are a couple of guys on this list that I could uh, be, be applicable um, for that. The Mavs just actually filled up one of their two-way spots, and obviously we got into this, the fact that the Mavericks – you know, there were rumblings that they were basically going to go try, try and get uh, Tyler Dorsey out of Olympiacos, um, he, which is in the uh, first division of the Greece League. He's been out of the NBA for a few years. Um, he had a stint with the Grizzlies and the Hawks. Um, you know, a lot of fans are distraught about A.J. Lawson leaving to the Timberwolves. But, you know, at the same time, these the Mavericks front office is – constantly evaluating you know guys throughout every summer league team you know that definitely needs to be said that they're not just looking at who performed on their summer league team they're evaluating everybody so you know i suspect that some other dudes from some teams may get some camp invites don't necessarily know if that last two-way spot's going to get filled before camp or how any of that's going to go um you know while we were kind of distraught about the aj lawson thing as a fan base for, you know, a day or two and retrospect, you know, I feel like the reaction on that has regressed a lot down to the media in terms of, you know, realizing that, you know, while he did perform really well for us in summer league, he looked like a good three and D player. He's not, you know, it's not necessarily the end of the world unless he really does materialize into something special because these are just two way spots and there are plenty of guys that could be able to fill them. So, um, yeah, Shamsh uh, Rania 
of the athletic, as I said, sorry, I butched his name for a sec there. Um, he reported that Tyler Dorsey uh, is officially signing a two-way contract with the Mavs. He's inked now. Um, a little, you know, brief profile on Tyler Dorsey. For those of you guys who don't know, we talked briefly about him when the, you know, little rumblings happened and stuff. But um, for Olympiakos in Greece last year, between EuroLeague and, like, actual, like, Greece um, division play um, for the league he was in, uh, in 62 games in 2021, uh, 2022, he shot 39% on three at 12.1 points per game. He had just under two assists a game and about 2.3 rebounds a game. Um, Tyler Dorsey is a guy, you know, doesn't have the best wingspan, um, but, you know, not necessarily the defensive plus upside type of guy that we've seen the Mavericks take a swing on with their two-way spots over the last couple of years. But he's a guy who can come in and shoot the ball. Um, he has a really good pull-up game. He's shown ability as a shot creator and a playmaker just a little bit, especially, you know, I feel like he really developed that skill set in Greece from what I've heard. Um, he is already 26 and will be 27 uh, soon. So, you know, it is – um, a little just, I guess, against the norm for a team like the Mavericks, especially to take a shot on a guy on a two-way, not even like a roster spot um, that is so, um, you know, that's a little older than typical guys that would get that two-way contract. But, you know, he showed some uh, really good offensive potential. Um, he's never been the most bought in defensively. Um and, you know, he's a solid athlete in terms of having a quick first step. But, you know, he's, he's not a vertical threat or anything like that. Um, we'll see if he can come up. You know, if he gets some time with the Legends, I expect this guy to really fill it up in the G League uh, stats-wise, especially offensively. But uh, I'd be interested to see, um, you know, some any injuries play out, like if he can get a shot with the Mavericks at all and how he contribute. Um, my sort of – player comp for him is actually on the Mavericks. I kind of, am, uh, from what I've watched and seen briefly, you know, I haven't done like extensive research on Tyler Dorsey, but he seems like he's kind of like an extremely nerfed Tim Hardaway Jr. So, you know, all of you guys will obviously know uh, Tim very well. So I guess that's my sort of um, comp for him. If that rings your bell at all or, um, if you kind of get what I'm going for there, uh, Tyler Dorsey, definitely not a guy who's going to come in and, you know, he's not like a lot of the guys, I feel like the Mavericks that took two way, um, risks on these last few years have had, you know, great defensive upside, but haven't necessarily been able to put it all together on offense. I guess this is kind of the opposite, you know, it's a bit of an older guy, you know, I feel like, you know, Tyler Dorsey at least has a floor in terms of how he's going to do on the Mavericks or most likely the legends, but at the end of the day, he's um, not going to be some, you know, crazy defender, which, you know, the Mavericks do need another three and D player. Obviously we've talked extensively about this. Um, I don't necessarily know if he's that guy, but you know, uh, if all else comes to worse and he ends up getting minutes in, during the season at some point and some guys get on for injury, you know, Hey, I'd be more than happy for him to prove me wrong. That'd be 
pretty cool, but you know, interesting to see the Mavericks filled out one of their two-way spots now. Don't want to read too much into it though. Um, you know, we'll just have to see how he does at camp and stuff like that, you know, because can't really give too much credence to these two-way spots before the season actually even starts. So um, now that we're past that, we will go ahead and get into some wings the Mavericks could get on a veteran minimum or with that last two-way spot. Um, you know, with the two-way spot, um, I have some flyers listed down here and I have some veterans, right? So I think more of the fly, you know, I don't, none of the veterans on here, I don't think would be applicable at all to sign on that two way contract for the most part, nor I sincerely doubt it. But I think a lot of these guys um, could definitely get that last roster spot if the Mavs aren't able to pan out anything with these trades and they actually want to fill that last roster spot up with a minimum contract. Um, and, you know, maybe one of these uh, more, some of these younger guys, these flyer guys, uh, I could see it being a lot more feasible for the Mavericks to get on a two-way contract. And we actually already talked about um, guards the Mavericks could get for a veteran minimum or a two-way contract on our last podcast. If you guys want to go check that out, that'll be on Spotify, Apple Podcast, um, Anchor, obviously, our sponsor. And... Um, Wherever else you get podcasts, we're, um, we're on quite a bit of platform. So, guys, go check that out if you get a chance. Um, anyhow, without further ado, let's get into this. Uh, no more bantering. So, in terms of guys, um, you know, veterans the Mavericks could get on a veteran minimum contract. Um, we're just going to go through these names, you know, talk a little bit about these dudes and, you know, maybe see who we like best. Uh, in terms of veterans, uh, we'll start out with Jeremy Lamb. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, he regressed a lot from three last year. Um, you know, he's always – his thing has always been shooting. Um, he's, you know, pretty average defender. Um, you know, he's always been a solid guy from three. And, you know, I think that's kind of where it ends for him. I mean, outside of that, I just really don't see a whole lot of – you know, Jeremy Lamb uh, highlights or anything like that in terms of, you know, his shot creation ability or anything like that. But he has a little bit of uh, touch off the bounce, um, and he's a good spot-up shooter. And that's always going to bode well when you surround guys like that around Luka. So definitely wouldn't mind him with the last roster spot. Um, but he only shot 32.4% on three, and he, you know, didn't play near as much games as he has. He got traded at the deadline, obviously, Sacramento in the um, Demonis Sabonis trade and all that stuff. So, you know, but if his shooting could turn around, um, this guy would be a good veteran I think the Mavericks could get um, with that last roster spot. Not, not necessarily my favorite name on this list, um, but I would not mind him at all. Next, so we actually forgot to mention this guy on the guards podcast, but, you know, he's more of a shooting guard anyways. Um, and I definitely wouldn't label him a wing by any means. Um, but he's definitely a very interesting name to me. Um, I feel like he'd fill that playmaking, shot creating, void off the bench. Obviously, he's not really going to provide anything at all defensively. Um, but Lou Williams, you know, really, you know, there's been some questions in terms of if he's going to retire or not. So I think that is a big question mark before we actually, you know, I got to mention that before. Um, you know, we preface if there's any chance of him actually coming to the Mavericks, but 
you know, if nothing else pans out, you know, you know, he is 35, better be 36 soon. But, you know, this is a guy, you know, that obviously throughout his career has been able to fill it up, you know, multiple six man of the year um, winner. Um, you know, if he still has something in the tank, this guy would be a great addition off the bench to help with the Mavericks um, shot creation deficiency as you know i feel like right now the only two necessarily shot creators the mavericks have are um that you know are going to get like substantial minutes are going to be dinwiddie and luka Doncic. obviously you can kind of pencil in tim hardaway jr in there as of right now but you know you can kind of label him shot creator but you know he's for sure not a playmaker and you know lou wills um never been like an elite playmaker by any standards but I think he's a hell of a better playmaker than Tim Hardaway Jr. Just in terms of his um, ability to operate in the pick and roll. Um, you know, he bluffs on screens a lot. He's able to get guys behind him. He's just really crafty. And um, I would, you know, he's not obviously not a wing, but I forgot to cover on cover him on the last podcast. So I figured I'd put him in here. Um, I would really love him with the last roster spot if worse comes to worse. Uh, next, we'll get into Rodney Magruder. It's a guy who spent uh, last year or two at Detroit, but he was on the Heat before that. Um, you know, he's about 6'4". Um, you know, he's a solid guard in terms of being able to guard ones and twos. Shot 38% on three last year. I don't hate this dude whatsoever. Um, he's never really had, you know, any breakout season. This guy's, you know, none of these guys on this list are really moving the needle whatsoever, but they're all like solid additions to shore up your wing depth, right? And I think Rodney McGregor could come in guard, you know, um, one through three a little bit if he has to. Um, and, you know, he'll shoot solidly from three. And, I, you know, he could be another cog off the bench that the Mavericks could uh, plug in. He can get some rotation minutes for sure. So I would not hate him, you know, especially he was a lot better in his Miami days. I feel like he's been stuck on this young Detroit team t- trying to mentor guys. Um, you know, he's for agent right now, so I wouldn't put it past him that the Mavericks get him on that veteran minimum. Uh, next, we have Tomas Sadoransky. This is a guy who, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have been ecstatic had he signed with the Mavericks, but he's definitely regressed a little bit since then. Um, Tomas is a really good on-ball defender. He's a little lengthier, but, you know, he is a guy that's going to be able to um, provide some playmaking off the bench. Um, he's really good at operating in the pick and roll. He's a really good ball mover. Um, just a really like savvy, smart player. And he's a little lengthier at, you know, six fives and he's fairly quick, you know, despite, you know, already actually being 31 years old. Um, he, he's a, he's a bit of a quicker, a uh, quicker dude. And he's going to be able to guard uh, point guards and shooting guards to a certain extent. You know, the big thing with him and where um, I think he's kind of lacked in his career is just the fact that, he has really never been able to shoot, but, you know, after, you know, his second stint with the Wizards, um, I definitely think he could fit some holes. And, you know, if worse comes to worse, why not bring in Sadoransky? Um, you know, he's going to shore up some guard depth and guard slash wing depth off the bench because, you know, he can play um, really one through three, um, especially defensively, maybe not offensively because, you know, he's not necessarily the guy you want spotting up in the corner for Luca to kick out to. Um only to hit the side of the backboard, but he's definitely a dude who, you know, is, you know, a bigger guard, maybe even you want to call him a wing, whatever, you know, the NBA is basically positionless at this point. So 
he's definitely a guy that can come in and, you know, play defense on some of these uh, twos and threes and um, provide playmaking off the bench. So would not hate him at all. Um, next two names, I'm not really as keen to, but, you know, figured I'd throw them in there. Uh, Wayne Ellington and Kent Bazemore. You know, both guys at, you know, 33 or Wayne Ellington, Wayne Ellington's 34, Ken Bazemore's 33. You know, these are both dudes who um, are basically just spot-up shooters at this point in their career. Um, that's kind of their um, forte, you know. I think Wayne Ellington's always kind of solely been a spot-up shooter, but at one point he was probably a little better defender than he is now, you know, especially he's getting up there in age, but still not terrible. Um, still, still, you know, solid, you know, probably average defender. Kent Bazemore, uh, guy who had a pretty horrendous last season. But, you know, a couple seasons ago, back when he was a little younger, he was an athletic wing who um, could provide a little bit of a scoring punch and shooting off the bench. Um, you know, these are going to be guys I feel like are definitely both going to settle for the minimum. And if the Lakers do some other things where they decide to not bring these guys back, I know – a lot of Lakers um, fans like completely hate, uh, hate Kent, Kent Bazemore. So, um, hey, like, why not bring him in on the minimum with the last spot if it's open? You know, it, like, like I said, none of these moves are really moving the needle for the Mavericks or not doing anything crazy in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, these moves around the margins matter, as we said in our last podcast, and they could aid in helping the Mavericks. Um, just shore up their depth, and especially come playoff time, these veteran guys really matter. So, you know, I uh, I really wouldn't be bitter if the Mavericks got any of these dudes uh, necessarily. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, like they could have got Wayne Ellington, but they got Kent Bazemore. You know, it's just more so like how much of those guys contribute next season. It's, you know, it's so the margin in terms of how good like all these guys are is fairly slim except from you know you take maybe like Kent Bazemore uh, probably under most of the guys on this list but besides that like you know not not a terrible downside um to you know adding one of these guys that the Mavericks don't swing a trade where they fill out the rest of their roster spot uh next we got Tony Snell you know this guy's um surprisingly a little older than I think some people would think he's already 31 uh Tony Snell you know solid cutter spot up shooter but um, I'm sure you guys have seen his stat line where he's, I think, multiple times in his career, actually, where he has, like, had zero points, zero assists, zero rebounds, zero steals, zero blocks, and, like, 30 minutes of play. Like, just some kind of crazy shenanigans from him. But, you know, this is a you know, really weird player. Like, he shot 100% of free throws the last two years, but I don't think he has enough volume to – or not near enough volume to qualify for elite, being a league leader or anything like that, but – this is a guy who can provide up spot-up shooting. You know, he's a, you know, average to maybe above-average defender. You know, he's not a lead at that end, but, you know, just another guy to shore up your depth, you know. He's a really good shooter, and, you know, you can't get enough of those guys. And, um, you know, he shows flashes out of cutter. So, you know, I think Tony Snell is really good at knowing his role, playing within a system. Uh, you know, he's definitely going to be the ben- – he would be the beneficiary of a lot of Luka and Dinwiddie kick-out threes. Uh, in the corner so you know why not like he's always shot high volume from three so 
you have like really no questions regarding his shooting. You know, a lot of these guys are pretty question free, except for maybe one or two um, in terms of veterans here. So I wouldn't hate him at all. Uh, don't really hate like a lot of these guys on this list. It's just, you know, throwing names out there and, you know, which like which one do you guys like best? Let us know um, on Twitter. Hit us up at mainstream underscore Mavs. Out of these wings, like who would you like the most with that last roster spot at the Mavericks? Presume you know, presumably don't do anything else in the trade market, which I still think they will. But you know, uh, who would you guys like the most? Because you know, there's some intriguing names on here that you know some of these guys I necessarily didn't even know were free agents. Uh, next, we got Nick Staskis. This guy has been out of the league since 2018. It's a little bit surprising to me, except for eight games last year with the Celtics. Um, before that, yeah, he had a four-year NBA hiatus. And this is a guy um, that was tearing it up in the G League uh, last year. And, you know, was just gunning from three and, you know, hitting almost everything and look, just looking like a pure all-star down there. And, he, you know, was able to get some time with the Celtics. Um, this is a guy who's a good movement shooter. He can come off screens and shoot. Um, but, you know, Nick Staskis really can't do much else than shoot. But like we said, you know, maybe if Bertans gets switched off and the Mavericks are like, hey, let's just get another rhythm shooter who can come off screens and do some other stuff. Would they entertain Nick Staskis with the last roster spot if it's open? I don't know, but I wouldn't hate him either. Um, you know, I would definitely like to take a guy maybe – with a little more sure defensive uh, versatility than him, like a Sadoransky or Magruder. Uh, but, you know, not the worst option. He's a great shooter. Um, just kind of hasn't panned out in the league yet. Um, next up, we have Lance Stevenson. Lance is about almost 32. Um, and, you know, he has his fair share of dumb decision-making, um, especially handling the ball and with like dumb passes and he's been checked in the full lot, but you know, I think Lance still has something to offer to the game. You know, he still has these like stretches and, you know, throughout a season where he'll go, well, like a 20 point first quarter. This is a guy that, you know, if I feel like he's in a more contained role of the bench, he's actually contributing to winning basketball again. He could provide some valuable, uh, veteran leadership on this Mavericks team. Um, you know, despite all the weird stuff with him, you know, he never, from what I've seen, he's never really been a bad locker room guy or anything. And yes, the guy who, you know, given how old he is now, maybe he's settled down a bit, kind of like how JaVale McGee did these last couple of years and turned into a reliable, reliable role player, you know, could Lance Stevenson come in, get, provide some playmaking for the Mavericks off the bench, um, you know, guard uh, one through three. He's a rangier, you know, like six five dude, but he handles the ball a lot. Um, I wouldn't hate it. I'd I'd actually like really like Lance Stevenson on the Mavericks. You know, he's a good rebounder, really good playmaker. You know, he's obviously had turnover issues in his career and decision making issues, but um, you know, playing for Indiana the last couple of years, you know, um, he's shown that he can still be an NBA player, and you know, he he. Even has a little shot creation ability. He has a, you know, he'll post up guys um, in the mid post. He'll come off a, a, you know, he'll come off elbow screens. Um, just try to create for himself, shoot mid range jumpers. He has a lot of stuff in his bag. Um, and I'd be interested to see how he'd carry over to the Mavericks. And I'm not, but the Mavericks come out of this offseason with Lance Stevenson. 
uh, you know, being like, oh, this is the third ball handler. This is like the Brunson replacement. Like, obviously, you know, the fan base is going to riot to an extent. But that's not to say that, you know, that they make another move. To be still have an open roster spot open. Like, why not swing for Lance Stevenson, you know? Or just in general, like, as the roster is constructed right now, they still need a ball handler, and there's not too many guys that they could get. So I would not hate this whatsoever. Next, we have a guy in Rodney Hood who, you know, is averaging somewhere like 15, 16 a game with the Trailblazers a couple years ago. But then I believe he had that he had a knee injury. I can't remember if it was a torn ACL or MCL, but it kept him out quite a bit and it really hampered his career so far. So he's already almost 30 and he's, you know, had to, it's really just been an uphill battle to get back from injury since um, that injury a couple years ago. But I mean, this is a guy who's long, he's pretty rangy defender. Um, and he was able to create offense for himself at the wing position to an extent, you know, despite being a, you know, like, I think he's like six, seven, six, eight. He's a, he's a, he's a tall rangy guy. You know, he could shoot off the bounce, a uh, good spot-up shooter. It's a guy that, you know, theoretically, you know, is a, you know, despite his age, it's kind of a low-risk, high-reward bounce, you know. If he's able to, you know, I'm not saying Rodney Hood may ever get back to where he was a few years ago pre-injury, but if he's able to be like some sort of resemblance of that or um, like 75% of that, like I feel like that would be a great guy to add to the wing rotation on this team. So he's a guy I would not mind the Mavericks taking a shot on the minimum. Um, I definitely enjoy that. So, um, you know, I don't know where or if he's going to get signed, but I would not hate him um, despite, you know, his injury history the last couple of years. Uh, next up, I put Andre Iguodala on here, but um, I have a gut feeling that he's either going to go back to the Warriors or retire, like one of the two. Um, so I'm not really putting any much credence to the fact that he could come to the Mavericks, but he is a veteran, a veteran wing available. So for all the naysayers out there, out there saying I didn't put him on the list, I did put him at least put him on the list. I just don't think it's a real enough possibility um, for me to like realistically, um, you know, go over him. I mean, we all know what Andre Iguodala is and his play style. So, yeah. Um, next we have Jake Lehman. Um, this guy who played for the Timberwolves. Um, he's a real athletic wing. Um, you know, he's shown decent on-ball defense. You know, he doesn't necessarily have the best measurables, but he gets after guys. And, you know, he's a really good cutter. And, you know, he's a guy that in the open floor, like when you get in the ball in transition, he has a tent, you know, he's going to be able to uh, make some things happen. But, you know, he's not the strongest guy in the world, so you kind of get bodied on defense occasionally. But, uh, that's not to say that he's like a terrible defender. You know, he's a pretty average defender and he's really athletic and he provides some, uh, you know, a little burst on uh, offense that the Mavericks could use in transition. Um, kind of like a, I don't know, I kind of compare him to maybe an older Josh Green minus the, um, minus the, elite passing skills Josh Green has displayed to us last year. Uh, I'm just kidding about that, obviously. Uh, Josh Green's maybe not an elite passer, but definitely showed a little bit uh, interesting stuff in that department, so that'd be fun to see going forward. Um, that's another question. Like, is Josh Green on the roster 
Um, if one of these guys comes in, like, or is he going to get shipped out via trade? Like, you know, just because the Mavericks have this open roster spot, you know, if they make a trade, that doesn't necessarily mean that this roster spot is going to close. The Mavericks could still sign another guy at the minimum, the minimum uh, before we get into camp. Uh, we just don't really know what the Mavericks like. You know, if they did like a one for two trade, then yeah, this would be a redundant, uh, or sorry, just a redundant podcast in general, right? So, but we don't really know what they're going to do. So, I mean, there's they they still could very well have an open roster spot before the season starts. I mean, any of these dudes could get bought out. Um, on their new team, you know, by the uh, by after the trade deadline this year. So hey, you never know. Um, last guy I have down in terms of veterans is going to be Ben Mclemore. Uh, this twenty nine year old guy. You know, he has championship experience. Was at that Lakers team a couple years ago. Um, he's not really going to be able to do anything, but you know, shoot the ball. You know, he's really highly touted coming out. Whenever it was like 2012, 13, whenever he's coming out of college, um, out of Kansas. You know, really athletic dude. Um, I think, you know, he still is a really good athlete. But at the end of the day, you know, he's going to be a spot-up shooter, a guy who's able to, you know, maybe provide a little bit of shot creation just from the standpoint of, you know, getting his own shot, but not necessarily like the playmaking or, you know, getting in the lane or anything like that. But, you know, this is a guy who, you know, he's kind of a black hole on defense, not necessarily the best defender by any means, but, you know, you can provide a scoring punch off the bench. And if nothing else, like, you know, for just for namesake and veteran leadership and championship experience, wouldn't hate it at the end of the day. Um, so lastly, we're going to be getting into the Flyers. Uh, obviously, a lot of these guys maybe could be in a two-way spot with the Mavericks, but none of these guys really fit the mold of, you know, plug-and-play veterans that are going to be able to provide that, you know, invaluable veteran experience to that to this Mavericks team. Um, these are guys that the Mavericks will be taking a chance on with that last roster spot or a two-way spot. So, um, yeah, without uh, further ado, let's get into the Flyers the Mavericks could take a chance on. First up, I have Josh Jackson, number four overall pick in 2017. You know, this guy's averaged 13-plus points per game two times in his career, um, once with the Suns, and I believe um once with Detroit you know he had a brief stint in the G League before getting back into the NBA this is a guy who's always been a really good athlete that you know two three position um really good defender um and he's even flashed you know creation ability and shot creation ability um but you know his big downfall just the fact that he can't really shoot and that's kind of the you know thing with a lot of these flyer guys is that uh, they're extremely uh, versatile defensively, and, you know, they show flashes on that end quite a bit, you know, even if they're not always, like, tamed in terms of their defense, you know, they their athleticism, you know, aids them a lot. And, you know, they're really long-rangey guys, but they just, you know, they tend to not have it all together on uh, offense, and, you know, that's why they may have not stuck in the league exactly like they wanted to, despite, you know, being these highly touted guys coming out of college. Very similar to this next guy, Jarrett Culver. He's an even bigger guy. I think he's about 6'8", 6'9". He was the number six pick in 2019. I remember really liking this guy coming out of college out of Texas Tech. But he's, um, you know, very raw. He can't shoot, like, whatsoever. He's not, I think, the highest 
you know, in his three seasons since he's been in the league, the highest percentage he shot from three is 29.9%. Um, but, you know, he showed some ability in college to be um, – he was the primary guy in that Texas Tech team, be able to get to the basket, you know, distribute a little bit, and, you know, create his own shot, operate in the mid-range. But, you know, but he's all always had problems shooting not just, you know, from three, but just in general. You know, he's uh, shot in the mid-40s free throw percentage-wise a couple times in his uh, brief – three-year NBA career. So this is a guy that, you know, to make it in the league, he really just needs to be able to find a shot. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting on a two-way contract somewhere. Um, I don't know if the Mavericks would necessarily give him that last roster spot. I could see Josh Jackson actually, you know, he's, a, you know, a bit more established. I could see him making a actual roster spot on the team. But Jarrett Culver, you know, he, he has definitely defensive versatility and potential, especially with his frame. Uh, six nine with a plus wingspan he just is gonna have to be able to um find a way to spot up shoot especially if you're in the Mavericks you know you're a wing playing with Luka Doncic you're gonna get shots you know you gotta if he can develop that just a little bit he has he's multi-dimensional in terms of some of the other talents he has and he's only 23 so I would not mind the Mavericks taking a chance on him in some capacity especially with him playing in West Texas you know our uh our good old sister down there um in Lubbock, but I'd be interested to see if they, um, if they're the Mavericks have any ties to Jared Culver at some point, but not a guy I would hate the Mavericks taking a shot on. Next, we have Izak Bonga, and he's kind of a Twitter uh, meme when the Lakers were bad a couple years ago. And it seems like, you know, this guy's been around forever, but he's actually only 22 years old, which I found fascinating. Um, you know, this is a long rangy wing, much like Jared Culver, you know, six, nine dude, you know, he just needs to improve his shot a ton and, you know, add some strength. And at terms of the defensive end, you know, he has a good frame, but if he fills it out a little more. He won't get bodied as much. And, you know, he'll be a lot readily available, a lot more readily available to contribute on an NBA roster and, you know, be able to actually, you know, find his calling card in terms of, you know, locking guys down and, um, you know, being able to shoot it a bit. But right now, you know, he still is a project, but, you know, he is only 22. So while I personally would probably um, take a flyer on Culver Jackson before Isaac Bunga, um, that's not to say that, you know, wouldn't be like terribly mad at the Mavericks to shot on him. Uh, lastly, we have KZ Akpala. This guy played with the Heat a little bit. Um, he's he's about 23 years old. He's a guy that's insanely athletic and um, long. But he just kind of needs to furbish uh, his defensive potential, you know, especially in college. I was reading up. He says that he had a tendency to uh, kind of, you know, let guys kind of body him. You know, he's only about – he's less than 200 pounds at 6'8", uh, at least at the um, combine. Just adding strength and buying in more and, like, really using his frame can really, you know – help him uh, with his defensive potential because, you know, with that six, eight, you know, plus wingspan frame, this guy isn't, you know, dude, if he could, you know, furbish some, de- uh, some of his defensive skill sets um, and some of his talent, he could actually be really good. And I mean, um, you know, just being more consistent with his shot, you know, this guy who shot over 30, uh, 40% from three in college. So you know, he's not really as minus of a shooter as some of these other guys like Josh Jackson, Jarrett Culver, and Isaac Bongar. You know, it's more so just like using his defensive frame to, uh, 
um, and, you know, filling it out a little more to be able to guard guys in an NBA level uh, consistently because, you know, he has the link to definitely. Um, it's just, you know, not getting bodied all the time. And, you know, because his athleticism is really good. He's been able to show flashes of getting to the rim. He's a good cutter, really good in transition. And, you know, not a guy you want to try to jump with uh, coming downhill. Um, it's just, you know, I feel like he's fairly decent at a lot of these things, but he's not really too elite at any one thing. Um, you know, especially if he can just find a way to contain some of that, his athleticism, just add a little more strength. This is a guy that I could see coming up in an NBA rotation at some point. But yeah, with that, um, that's really it for today. Um, personally, I'll give you guys my pick in terms of the flyers and the veterans that I would like to see the most on this list. Um, in terms of the veterans, I think Lance Stevenson, um, when I saw that name, you know, I was, you know, really surprised. I would, out of all the veterans, if I had to pick, I'd probably be Lance Stevenson because he's, you know, not a terrible shooter despite, you know, never having been, you know, the best spot-up shooter. But I think he could sorely help, you know, aid to some of the Mavericks' uh, defensive problems in terms of being able to defend guards off the bench. Um, just because the Mavericks have a lot of wing defenders, but they don't really have necessarily guys that can guard like one through two and, you know, Lance Stevenson guard threes as well. But he's also going to help the Mavericks playmaking a lot. And, that you know, he would be the guy out of the veterans that I'd pick, you know, despite some of his shenanigans throughout the years and, you know, all the memes that come with Lance Stevenson. I think he'd be a really interesting, fun player to cover. And I'd like him on the Mavericks, especially from a content perspective. Um, In terms of the flyers from the Mavericks, um, out of all these guys, I'd probably have to go with Josh Jackson just because I think he has the highest ceiling, having been where he was drafted. These guys are extremely highly touted coming out of uh, Kansas, just never really found his niche in the league. But he's I feel like he's shown the most flashes out of all four of these guys. You know, maybe some of the other like Jared Culver, um, Akpala, maybe even Isaac Bonga may have more potential than this guy. Um, have to, but I feel like Josh Jackson's a little more established, and I feel like he still has a big leap to take. Um, if he ever ends up taking that leap, and you know, who knows? But I still feel like he has a big leap to take, a big leap to take in terms of being able to, you know, use um, his athleticism, you know, and his defense ability in tandem with an improved shoot, uh, shot. Because I feel like if he figures out that shot. I mean, this could be a guy that, you know, really starts to rekindle some value and be like, oh, why did, you know, you know, maybe not number four, but I can understand why he was taken so high in that draft, you know? Um, so that, yeah, that's really all I have for today, guys. I'll be back um, actually tomorrow, and we'll be talking about free agent big men the Mavericks could get with the last roster spot um, with the veteran minimum or a two-way contract. Obviously, I kind of feel like the Mavericks um, big man rotation is kind of shored up at this point. But, you know, might as well talk about it because you never know what they could uh, do if they just bring one of these guys in on a two-way contract, especially. That's not necessarily indicative of the rest of the roster the Mavericks fill out, whether it be with um, guards and wings via trade or any of that. So you never know um, who they could bring in on a two-way contract or if, like, Dwight gets shipped out or something in one of these trades and the Mavericks get a really low budget big man. So we'll be going over that tomorrow. Um, if any news comes out, that's worthy of covering. We'll obviously covering that, but pretty dry on the NBA front right now. Um, 
here at about 3 a.m. on Monday, July 25th. But with that, um, I will be signing out. You guys have a good day and go Mavs.